Welcome back to another episode of The Emily Show. Today we are talking about influencer defamation lawsuits. Yay! I feel like we talk about this a lot, and I think we're going to keep talking about it. But this is politically related, which is interesting for me. And I think we're going to see more lawsuits like it, which I will explain in a moment. So I think we should just get to a quote and get into it. Today's quote comes to us from Albert Einstein, quote, the world as we have created, it is a process of our thinking. It cannot be changed without changing our thinking. And since today we are talking about thoughts, beliefs, and where those things bump up against public perception, I thought the thought quote was appropriate. Let's get into today's episode. Hey there, welcome to The Emily Show. I'm your host, Emily D. Baker, badass lawyer and everyone's favorite legal commentator, breaking down the legal shit in the news and pop culture stories you want to talk about. I've been a licensed attorney for over 15 years, I'm a former prosecutor, and I'm a big fan of the cursey words. So let's break it down. Okay, but before we get all the way into it, (laughs) you know last week I told you there's new merch up at lawnerdshop.com, but also if you haven't joined the text crew yet and checked out what I am doing over on YouTube, please consider checking it out. You can join the text crew just from your mobile phone at textemily.com. Just text, hi, Emily, I'll know you're coming from the podcast. Anyone in North America can join. The rates of your regular texting may apply, but go ahead and join me over there at textemily.com. Just text, hi, Emily. I will see it and know you're coming over from The Emily Show. I love keeping in touch with you as part of the text crew. Now, we are getting into an interesting place in America, in social media, in work-life balance, where the things that are done outside of work can affect what's happening at work, can affect your job, you can be fired for. Workplaces are struggling to keep up with um, morality clauses and social media policies about what you can and can't say. You'll hear me as I talk about this lawsuit with Amanda Ensing suing Sephora, talk about things like the Central Park woman who made a false police report on a bird watcher and was then fired from her job. The video the bird watcher took of her uh, apparently making that false police report went viral and she was terminated from her employment. She is now suing her employer. Amanda Ensing is a Christian and pro-Trump beauty influencer who was let go from her work with Sephora. I believe Sephora has the right to choose who represents their brand best. She is not suing them for violating her contract or for severing ties with her, but suing them for the way that they said that they were stepping away from working with her. And we're going to see more of these types of clauses. Next week, we're going to talk about Dave Ramsey, who is a Christian entrepreneur in the educational money space and who has terminated someone, well, multiple someones, for having and engaging in premarital sex. And that is part of the company's righteous living policy. And we will dive into all of that next week. So this is kind of a two-part on the blending between personal life and work life. And I think it's a muddier water when it comes to influencers because the workplace is social media. So what you say on social media affects the workplace. Different than an employee at somewhere like Ramsey Solutions, this is a business, you go to work, you leave work, is what you do outside of work up for grabs in a different way now than it was prior to social media or even prior to the last five or six years. Things go viral so quickly, things can change so quickly, and public opinion about a company can change based on the behavior of a few or just one sometimes employees. And we're seeing this again and again. Of course, it plays out quite a lot in the YouTube space as well. YouTube has a creator uh, code of conduct where channels can be demonetized 
It's not super transparent how that happens. And we're seeing another conservative commentator, Stephen Crowder, whose show is Louder with Crowder, whose content I also don't watch. Um, But we're seeing him saying that he's going to be suing YouTube for the lack of transparency in this policy and for demonetizing his channel. And that will be interesting to see how it plays out because, again, and I will say it over and over in this episode, we have a right to free speech, but it doesn't mean the speech won't have consequences. So we are in a place where the tone policing and thought policing of ideas is bumping up with technology and social media companies. Yes, Sephora has the right to choose the influencers they work with, but can they step away from someone and make comments about them well after the statements were made, because what it seems like from the face of this lawsuit is that the comments made by Amanda Ensing were made around the time of the Capitol insurrection. After those comments were made, Sephora still chose to work with her and then got backlash after working with her. Now, it could have been that the backlash really came from other comments. Of course, what we have now is the complaint and the way Ensing and her attorneys have framed the issue. Sephora may come in and say, actually, there were a lot of statements made, not just before the Capitol insurrection, but on January 6th and then afterwards that caused our audience to not appreciate that we were continuing to work with her and we decided to sever ties with her. At the end of the day, what they said in their release is what Amanda Ensing is having issues with. And we will talk about that in a moment, but we're going to keep seeing this. We're going to keep seeing, um, what happens on social media playing out in these lawsuits and the way that speech is being perceived and regulated. And I don't know where the end point is. What I ask, because this is a political topic, is that even if you don't agree with Amanda Insing, you don't like her views, you don't understand her values, to try to think about it if you were terminated for standing up for something that you believed in or for talking about something that you believed in and kind of where should these boundaries be where it comes to social media, private life, personal life, uh, cancel culture and all of it. Because I think that's the direction these lawsuits are going in is where are the boundaries on companies bending to outcry? But isn't it up to companies to respond to their consumers when their consumers say, we want this, we don't want that. We don't want you advertising with this person. We do want you advertising with this person. And where does that end? Because we're here to have a conversation about the facts surrounding the thing and where this can potentially go. We're in an interesting time where everything is playing out very publicly. And I will keep looking at these different lawsuits and seeing if I can find others where people are arguing that they have been unfairly discriminated against based on ideology and see what we come up with. So with that, let's get into it. Let's get into the Amanda Ensing lawsuit. All right, shall we? Shall we? I don't watch Amanda Ensing. <laughs> let's just put that out there first. Unlike other cases that I have covered on this channel. I am going into this one without a ton of background information. I know that Amanda Ensing is a conservative beauty influencer who is now suing Sephora for defamation, among other things. I know that there is a, because I, I Googled, that's about as far as we got. She has a, um, like a a video that's on the membership side of the Daily Wire, which is Ben Shapiro's media company about fighting corporate cancel culture. So I think she very much sees herself as protecting her right to her beliefs, her right to speech. Um, I don't know if she said more than they said she said in this lawsuit, because we'll see. I'll tell you what my thoughts and questions are. But again, not super familiar with her or her content. I believe her Twitter has since been suspended, so I couldn't go back and look at the statements for myself. So we're going with this on the face of this lawsuit that was just filed last week. And this lawsuit was filed in uh, district, not district court, in federal court in Tennessee, uh, you know, my new home state. I was unaware that Amanda Ensing lived here. Apparently she's a resident of the fine state of Tennessee. Um, 
Don't hold that against Tennessee if you are not an Amanda Ensing fan. But here's the thing. People are allowed to have their beliefs. People are allowed to say what they want to say. But it doesn't mean there aren't consequences when you say what you want to say. So we'll see. I want to know what you think as we go through this. Did what Sephora say about her? Was it defamatory? Was them breaking their agreement to work with her as an influencer problematic for her? Probably. Was it problematic for Sephora? I don't know. Look, companies have the right to choose who they want to work with, but people are glad Sephora cut ties with her. Yet when we get into the Dave Ramsey lawsuit, people are going to be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yes, you can choose who you want to work with and how you want to work with them. And we're even seeing people's uh, lives outside of work coming into play heavily in their work. We're seeing this in YouTube with people being demonetized for things that happened off platform, uh, not in their content. We are seeing people being fired for things that are happening outside of work hours. Um, and we're seeing a lawsuit in New York with the, the central park Karen. I literally don't remember the woman's actual name. Um, the woman who called, and made apparently a false police report against a bird watcher and said she was part of this ongoing beef between bird watchers and and dog owners and and reported falsely that the man who was bird watching who was black was um attacking her and that she was terrified and it seemed to be racially motivated she was fired for that she's suing her employer saying you can't fire me for that and everybody's like what is this woman doing but then we see you know dave ramsey firing employer employees for you know having sex outside of marriage and people are like wait you can't do that either so there is a very weird blend of where your non-work related shit is affecting your work related shit right now and i don't know where the stopping point is where your off work life is now affecting your work because with social media something that an employee does like central park karen can very very much impact the workplace where something amanda ensing says on twitter can blow back on sephora if she's collabing with them and so we're seeing this push pull of like, wait, in this situation, that's, it's weird. But in this situation, I totally get it. And we're going to see this play out because now Amanda Ensing is suing in Tennessee and the lawsuit with regard to Dave Ramsey is in Tennessee. And we will be talking about that uh, later this week or early next week. I have to look at my calendar. It's been busy. <laughs> Let's get into this complaint. Amanda Ensing, um, claims that Sephora and its chief marketing officer made false and defamatory statements online about her, exposing her to public hatred, ridicule, contempt, costing her her business and brand as a social media beauty influencer. I am going to say this throughout this entire thing. I am very curious as to how Amanda and Singh through her attorneys are going to prove that it was Sephora's statements that exposed her to public hatred and ridicule and not her own statements and behavior on social media. That is, that is going to be for me, the pivot on this case. How do you differentiate, um, public media backlash? And we do see public media backlash, um, coming swift and hot for people, but how do you differentiate the public media backlash because of what she said or because of what Sephora said. And I think that's going to be a difficult thing to prove in this case from first look at this complaint. Again, these are all allegations. People can sue anyone for anything. You can say things in a lawsuit you couldn't just say on the street because of litigation privilege. It doesn't mean that they are true. This is her side. This is their opening shot across the bow. This is Amanda Ensing's perspective of what happened in sensationalized into a lawsuit. Brief summary of the case. Advertising through social media influencers provides a new means for brands to reach consumers in the modern era. We know what an influencer is, so we are going to keep going. The values at the core of influencer marketing are authenticity and trust by their audiences. I think we're going to see this come into play with her saying she can't, she can't not, she can't not make the statements that she made. She has to make the political statements that she made. She has to be on social media supporting 
her beliefs. And I believe her channel banner right now says making beauty great again. It is very clear that she is a ongoing uh, Trump supporter. That does not sit well with many. And I get it. But she's going to argue, I have to be true to who I am because that's how I build trust with my audience. So I'm not hiding from them my support of the former president. The issues in this case arise from false and defamatory statements against her by Sephora and its agents. She is a family-friendly social media beauty and lifestyle influencer who's honest with her subscribers. We're going to see that come up a lot about her Christian and conservative values. I think we're going to see more of these lawsuits. Look, we're going to see this. Yes, we're going to get through the whole lawsuit, but I think we're going to see more of these lawsuits. I have not pulled up um, the Candace Owen lawsuit, but Candace Owen said she was suing the fact-checking company that works with uh, Facebook. We are seeing uh, Louder with Crowder saying that he is suing YouTube over perceived uh, discrimination or uh, silencing. I think we are going to see more of these types of lawsuits, and my question is going to remain the same. Can businesses choose who they work for? Are businesses discriminating based on political beliefs or conservative values? Or are businesses just protecting their bottom line? Like, does Sephora really care if you're Christian or if you're not Christian? I think Sephora cares more that they're getting hate on Instagram and Twitter based on what somebody else said. And they're like, yeah, we don't want any of that at all. We're stepping away quietly and quickly and obviously not quietly because now we're in a defamation suit. So I think we will see more of these. Um, I think we will see more of these lawsuits playing out in the courts. In early 2021, Sephora defamed Ensing as the company issued a statement across its social media um, platforms, including the company's largest Instagram, spreading defamation across across its over. What? How do you spread defamation across? Sorry, word choice. Spreading. Uh, the defamatory statement to its 20.7 million followers. I, uh, you see that I have questions. I have questions. What did they say? Date of the post, content of the post. They get into it later, but I would have liked to have seen it here. These are stylistic nitpickiness, but now I'm curious. I'm like, wait, no. What did they say? Like, don't leave me hanging, bro. What did they say in their post? You are telling me the case. Tell me the story in a way that I can understand. She suffered backlash of severe, sustained, and aggressive abuse online that made news on several internet media sites further spreading the false and defamatory statements. The backlash was a direct result of Defendant Sephora's defamatory remarks aimed at driving her out of the beauty industry. It's interesting to say Sephora's goal was to drive her out of the beauty industry versus Sephora's goal was to stop their own hatred coming at them, saying, stop working with Amanda Ensing, but okay. Uh, the footnote says each of the following sites covered plaintiffs severance from Sephora, including cosmeticbusiness.com, insider.com. Of course, insider covered it. The insider team covers all manner of influencers. Glossy.com, NewYorkPost.com, TheHill.com, Team Vogue, Distractify, Fox Business, News.com, AU, The Daily Beast, Influence, The Sun, Movie Guide, and PR News, among others. So now they're saying, look, they made this public statement and then the it was signal boosted everywhere, making the defam the defamation worse. Defendant Sephora defamed Ensing, stating, Here we go. Here we go. Stating Ensing made light of the violence and tragic loss of life at our nation's capital last month. Sephora and its agents falsely claimed Ensing supported violent or racist ideology. Those assertions are categorically untrue. Ensing's comments on social media never made light of violence. In fact, she reportedly disavowed violence and called for peace. So this looks like it is all stemming from uh, statements Ensing made on social media regarding the insurrection at the Capitol. My question here was, did she say anything during this time that also could have caused the backlash? Because how do you parse Sephora's statement causing the backlash, not her own statements causing the backlash? That is going to remain my question in all of this. Sephora's chief marketing officer stated in an email to, quote, 
All members of the Sephora employee community that NSYNC, quote, used her platform to share or highlight racially insensitive and discriminatory language and made light of the violence at our nation's capital. This further act of defamation continued to disrupt NSYNC's position in the beauty community, causing further damages. Um, And then they say, but for the defamation and the charges here, she would not have suffered this backlash. The parties are Ensing, an individual natural person and citizen of the United States and state of Tennessee, defendant Sephora USA Inc., a Michigan corporation. You don't need to know where Sephora is located. If you care, it's in there. The defendant um, who is Sephora's chief marketing officer in her individual and representative capacity. What they mean by that is they're suing her as a person for making the statements, but they're also suing her as the chief marketing officer making those statements. Plaintiff is unaware of the true names of the additional does. So others, does one through 1,000 also helped in this. Um, What they go on about with that later on in this suit is that there might be others at Sephora that sat down and had board meetings that decided to release this statement. And they might have also been part of the decision to release the statement that they released that Ensing and her attorneys are saying is defamatory or are alleging is defamatory. Jurisdiction and venue. The court has subject matter jurisdiction over the minimum amount of $75,000. That is a that is a statutory amount saying, hey, we get to be here in federal court. Um, she's in Tennessee. Sephora is a corporation. Jurisdiction's not going to be too much of an issue here. Sephora has stores in Tennessee. Um, I can say this with confidence because I have been to them. So Sephora avails itself of Tennessee courts by having a business presence in the state of Tennessee. I doubt that they will fight on jurisdiction, but just for those of you that have been around for a while, here's International Shoe. Hello, International Shoe. So good to see you in this jurisdiction clause. (laughs) This court has personal jurisdiction over defendants as all defendants have availed themselves of the benefits of conducting business in Tennessee, thereby satisfying the minimum contacts necessary from International Shoe. If you would like a more thorough discussion of International Shoe, see all of all of the videos regarding the jurisdiction in the Toddy Westbrook case. Moving on past jurisdiction, statement of facts, Ensing is a young Latina woman who prior to January 29th, 2021, was known for family-friendly beauty and makeup videos on YouTube and Instagram. She had approximately 1.4 million subscribers. Has her sub number dropped on YouTube and 1.4 million followers on Instagram and generated approximately 100,000 a month in revenue from beauty product sponsorships alone. Let's just take a minute to talk about what that means. A hundred million a month from sponsorships. That's not including AdSense. That's not including if there's merch. I don't, again, I'm not familiar with her content. That is from sponsorships. 100,000 a month. So that's over a million a year in just sponsorships, not AdSense. I don't know what kind of views her videos get. We're going to Google. I'm curious as to whether or not her sub numbers have gone down. It says 1.41 million subscribers. So side, side note and a tangent. Let's get back into this lawsuit. So she is saying, Ann Singh is saying that she worked with defendant Sephora on approximately three collaborations, that she was diligent and loyal, that she received substantial praise for the quality of her vlogging work with Sephora, that she was never disciplined or suspended during her time at Sephora as a retail associate. I didn't know she actually worked for Sephora or vlogging for Sephora as a brand influencer on YouTube. On the morning of January 6th, NSYNC posted a picture on Twitter of then-President Donald Trump with the caption, it will be biblical, it will be biblical. I mean, that's not going to age well. That, that, no, not, nope, nope, nope. As the day went on, I'm sure that did not go well over on the Twitters. Ensign was vocal about the future of America under President Biden. Quote, there's not enough popcorn in the world for what's about to happen. I could see that being read as a as a big as a big problem as an insurrection is starting. I can see it. Uh, but also hindsight being what it is, I don't know what time any of these were posted. So it's hard to say when these were posted and if these were all that was posted, because this is all her attorneys are choosing to share. We don't know what else was posted. I'm sure it's somewhere on a Reddit. I don't know. 
Uh, she tweeted, adding, this is referring to the amount of corruption about to be revealed in our government. As usual, the left twists our words. So it looks like there's not enough popcorn in the world for what's about to happen. Did not hit well. And this was, no, no, no. I'm talking about Joe Biden. I'm not talking about the Capitol insurrection. But without timestamps, it's hard to know. The events of, As the events of January 6th unfolded and more violence, including the tragic loss of life, was reported in the media and on social media, Ensign tweeted, pray. Pray for justice and truth. Pray for protection and safety. We need peace. Ensign called for people to pray and for justice, shared several Bible verses, and maintained she did not condone the violence at the Capitol. To clarify, this was not condoning violence at the Capitol. Violence is never okay. I mean, is she clarifying the it will be biblical? I need to see the tweet. I have questions. I have so many questions. Uh, they're saying she said violence is never okay, no matter which party it is. I was referring to corruption, I believe will be exposed in the coming weeks and would be set in stone after certification of a rigged election. Uh, the, whoop, there it is. That was not my intention. On January 11th, Reward Style Inc. on behalf of defendant Sephora contacted her to use her beauty influencer status to promote Sephora. So then they did a collab. Um, they agreed to it on January 21st to one dedicated Sephora video titled 10 Sephora Skincare Gems You Need in Your Life. I don't know if that's still up, but that would have been January 21st, 2021, where she listed her favorite skincare products from Sephora. She did the brand collaboration. The contract contained a moral character clause. This is going to come up more and more. I've talked about this in relation to other influencer agreements. I speculated about this with regard to James Charles and whether there was this type of a clause with his work with Morphe when they ended up going separate ways or or phasing out or whatever they said. I We're going to talk about this with regard to the Dave Ramsey lawsuit, with regard to their righteous living policy, but a morality clause is not uncommon. A morality clause is... Um, is something that we can expect um, in influencer agreements because that's something that can happen. You can have brands saying this doesn't meet our values. And if this doesn't meet our values, we have a right to move away. Um, and that is perfectly fine. So the brands are allowed to have morality clauses. Will we see influencers pushing back on morality clauses if needed? Maybe. Will we see um, brands making sure that their morality clauses are much more uh, parsed out and much more clear about what they contain? Maybe. But I think this is something we're going to see more of in the future. And we see it on YouTube with YouTube, as I pulled this lawsuit back up and continued rambling, we're going to see it on YouTube too, where we see the uh, creator kind of code of conduct and we see channels being demonetized for things that happen off platform. And at some point there's this balance between what is um, private life, what is personal life, what is business and what is not. This is about whether a company has the right to have a clause where they say this is what we're doing. This is not what we're doing. Um, do companies have that right? Do companies have the right to talk about uh, what is happening outside of their business? Do companies have a right to say, can you, um, if you tweet this, you don't get to work with us? Do companies have a right to um, fire someone for having premarital sex, like in the Dave Ramsey case, where are we, where, where are we allowed to live our private lives and where does the private life clash with our public and work life? And when, um, when you're an influencer, I think that line is more blurry than when you're an employee, because when you're an influencer, your workspace is very much on social media, but does, does Sephora have the right to say this doesn't work for us? Because what we are seeing play out in this lawsuit is someone saying, can I have an opinion online and can a brand then, um, can a brand then stop working with me? Speech can have consequences. 
if Amanda Ensing, if you don't like her and you don't like her beliefs, I totally get it. I completely get it. But what if Amanda Ensing was advocating for something that you liked? What if she was advocating for a, a position that you stood behind? If Amanda Ensing was removed from a company because she was standing behind trans rights or behind gay rights or um, was at a BLM rally on the other side of this, then this conversation still happens the same way. What if a company said, I saw you at this protest or this rally, and therefore we are no longer working with you as a individual or as an influencer? I think then people would be outraged in a different way. I get it. So we are, look at this in both sides and be like, look, is what you do online as an influencer something that can affect your work? Yes. I think more clearly than if you're an employee. And that's what we're talking about. Where is, where is the line of, of what's right? So where is the line of morality clauses and what you are and aren't allowed to say? And where is the line on what companies are allowed to do? And what's the line on defamation? So let's keep moving on with this. So that we have gotten to the morality clause or the moral character clause, which provided that defendant Sephora could, at its discretion, terminate the contract if the clause was violated. This is something that's going to become more and more prevalent, I think, in working with influencers because we're seeing this with James Charles, right? James Charles basically admitted to inappropriate texting with minors Companies are allowed to say, yeah, um, yeah, we're not doing that. So you see this in other ways playing out. So let's get to um let's get to the rest of this. Ensing specifically inquired about the purpose behind the clause because she had previously been criticized for her Christian conservative values. So she is saying that she perceives she was being um she was being singled out perhaps because of this. I imagine that Sephora has probably put a moral character clause into all of their, into all of their um, uh, influencer agreements at this point. So she said she was told that it was not a problem and would only ever be referenced in extreme situations such as violence or hate speech. So clearly, um, they were, I think Sephora is say, is going to say down the road that they saw her tweets falling into these circumstances. She's going to argue that they didn't and that Sephora defamed her, but it's going to be really tough with a moral character clause in the contract. And without seeing the contract, we don't know. Specifically, the clause states that defendants Sephora and Reward Style can terminate the project and therefore not pay NSYNC and require her to remove the video if she's involved in any situation past or present that offends, insults, or causes public scandal. Well, I wasn't around following her or following along with her or paying attention to her when all this went down. Did her statements cause a public scandal? And if her statements caused a public scandal, then is Sephora within its right to terminate the agreement? Probably. But that, but that isn't what they're being sued over. And they're not being sued for violating the contract. Because I think everyone in this situation goes, mm, it might have caused a public scandal. And if it caused a public scandal, you're within your rights to violate the to void the contract or to step away from working with her as any company is in the right to do if they're doing that in a non-discriminatory fashion. But however, there, Amanda Ensing at the heart of this is suing over the statements Sephora released saying that that statement was defamatory, not that they couldn't break the contract with her. So I think everybody agrees the company was in their right to stop working with her. It's what they said about stopping working with her. That was the problem. She's not arguing that Sephora should have kept working with her. She's arguing that what they said created more of a problem. 
So on January 28th, 2021, NSYNC submitted the video for review. Uh, they said they loved the video on January 29th. The initial reprisals were sparked when NSYNC posted the Sephora-sponsored video. Um, a Twitter user named Radical Justice began to, they say, falsely claim on the comments of the video that NSYNC spread hate and misinformation on January 30th. It's interesting to me, by the way, that they're pointing out one Twitter user. Like, did one Twitter user create the maelstorm that, that Sephora responded to? And if so, is Sephora really responding to one Twitter user? I can't, I can't imagine there, there was just the one. But I guess we'll find out in time to come. Radical Justice said, I'm incredibly disappointed to see you're sponsoring people like at Amanda Ensing. She is spreading hate and misinformation. I imagine that that is regarding her statements about the stolen election. If I had to guess and extrapolate, other users are uh, other users also repeated these false claims and engaged in name calling. Never okay. Derisive comments and extremely disruptive social media posts about Ms. Ensing. So there were more. Twitter, 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 Sephora. Sephora immediately responded to the comments on both Instagram and Twitter four days after the post. Um, this is now a blogger and not just a, this was an anonymous, when did we go from anonymous Twitter user to blogger? I am confused, but okay. Now we're a blogger. All right. Defendant Sephora stated as follows. Ah, we get to the statement. We get to the whole statement. Here is the statement that is alleged to be defamatory. We were recently made aware of concerning behavior by Ms. Ensing. Did you not look at her Twitter before you signed this agreement at the end of January? Because it seems like she would have been talking about this in the beginning of January. But okay. We were recently made aware of concerning behavior by Ms. Ensing on her social platforms. More, most recently, she made light of the violence and tragic loss of life at our nation's capital last month. For this reason, we made the decision to cease all programming with her indefinitely, including having the video she created through an external vendor taken down. So they made it clear that they didn't work with her directly, that they were working with her through a third party, which isn't uncommon in the world of influencers, that you have these kind of placement agencies. Uh, what's the name of this one? That you have a placement agency that's placing the sponsorship, and that was through Reward Style Inc. That's not uncommon that there's a third party that does it. They're taking objection to she made light. Now, is that Sephora's opinion? Because we're going to get really into the realm of is this a malicious untrue defamatory statement or is this an opinion is this an opinion do they believe that she made light because tweets can be read a million different ways i think this is going to be very hard for them to prove that sephora um isn't stating their opinion that she made light of the violence and tragic loss of life because she's going to argue my tweet meant this and sephora's going to argue we read it as this so from that, Ensing was ostracized, belittled, disparaged, and received death threats based on the false claim that she made light of tragic loss of life. Well, or was it based on her own statements? And again, you have the right to say whatever you want to say, but the right to say what you want to say is not free from consequence. So were was the, the backlash and response she received again from her own statements or from Sephora's statements. And I think it's going to be very, very, very difficult to parse the two of those. This false claim was repeated numerous times, they're saying, including on Instagram, and then picked up by national media like Insider and Teen Vogue. Um, the publications included several false and defamatory allegations uh, concerning the company's decision to stop working with her. Well, if this is the entire statement what what's the defamation? The defamation would be she made light of the violence and tragic loss of life. But also, is that an opinion? And let's keep going. Uh, defendants knew their defamatory statements were untrue and intentionally willful with mal uh, malice disregard to the truth. This is stating out the elements of defamation and accepting the fact that Ensing is going to be a public figure. That's why malice is stated. They will probably try to argue that she's not, but I think that that's going to be a hard argument if they do try to argue that she is not a public figure. So 
Let's go on and see what their arguments are. First, defendants accused Ensing of sharing content that was not aligned with Sephora's values around inclusivity. This is a false statement based on defendants' own definition of inclusivity. Really? Sephora is allowed to state what its values are. Okay. But Sephora, they're saying, defines inclusivity as challenging racial bias, supporting equity, justice, and inclusion, and creating fair and anti-racist working environments. Um, Therefore, this allegation conveyed. So they're saying that... arguendo saying that she did not meet their definition of inclusivity, that she is then in fact um, opposed to those things, that she then supports racial bias and racist working environments. uh, We're going to, we're going to stretch. Even a cursory review of NSYNC's social media content reveals that she never supported racism or bigotry. Indeed, as defendants are well aware, NSYNC herself is a Latina and fights in her life against racism and bigotry. So they're arguing that Sephora saying that her content was not aligned with their values of inclusivity is defamatory because it's calling her a racist? I think it... I think it's a... I think it's a stretch. I think it's a stretch. I think it's a stretch. Be- <sighs> Who is going to Sephora's um, definition and saying, oh, Sephora must be the... Uh, okay. Second, defendant accused Ensing of making light of the violence. We've covered that thoroughly. For example, on 11-12-20, she tweeted, no one, literally no one should be attacked or have to apologize for who they have voted for on 11. So we're getting into November on 11, 15, 20, she tweeted um, equality and love for everyone on January. So they're going through her tweets again, or her Instagram saying that she doesn't condone violence. Okay. Third, I cleaned up the typo. Um, Defendants claim that Ensing was an inappropriate partner for defendants brand. They're allowed to make that statement. They're allowed to say that. The third allegation is merely a not-so-subtle reformulation of the first allegation and is provably false and defamatory. So her not being a fit for their brand is now defamatory, according to them. Uh, Fourth, defendant chief marketing officer made false and defamatory statements about NSYNC in her capacity, sending an email saying she used her platform to share highly racially insensitive and discriminatory language. Again, Is that an opinion that she used her platform to share or highlight racially insensitive and discriminatory language? Is is it an opinion about what constitutes insensitive and discriminatory language? I think it's perhaps an opinion. And made light of the violence at our nationals capital last month. Again, it's uh, it's hard. It's I think it's going to be hard to argue that these are statements of facts, but we will see. Um, then they go ahead and refine or redefine defamation. A communication is defamatory if it tends to so harm the reputation of another as to lower their esteem. Yeah, but it has to be a false statement and it can't be a statement of opinion. But thank you for the restatement second on torts. Much appreciated. They talk about the false statements causing her YouTube channel to lose 1,400 subs on January 29th that defendant is a dominant force that destroyed her reputation and was a major source of her income that others have stopped working with her. They talk about her suffering psychological and emotional harm as a result of Sephora's statements. See my statements above about whether it was Sephora's statements or her own. Um, Ms. Enzing has been subject to persistent hatred and ridicule on social media following these defamatory statements. Again, how do you know the difference? They go back and talk about her um, being bullied off of social media. They argue that her Twitter account was suspended. And one year's wrote, I'm so happy we ran Amanda Ensing off social media, Instagram next. And then it talks about people trying to get her deplatformed. I don't know how that is Sephora's fault that others were seeking to deplatform her. That is what is happening on social media. 
I am sure people reported her to Twitter for hate speech and people reported her elsewhere. I am sure that that did happen, but they're blaming this all on Sephora, ruining her influence or career. It will be interesting to see how that part shakes out and how they differentiate, how they differentiate the backlash on her own statements versus what Sephora said. And maybe the differentiation is that the backlash didn't happen until Sephora made the statement and there wasn't a backlash on January 6th. But I suspect that uh, Sephora will say the backlash started before and we just didn't see it. We we didn't see it. The third party was vetting her as a as an influencer. We'd worked with her before with no problems. We didn't see the backlash earlier, but the backlash happened before we even started. So let's get into what the causes of action are real quick. We've talked about defamation so much on this channel. I'm not going to break it down because we still need to get to the other lawsuit. First cause of action, NSYNC against defendant Sephora and Doe's for defamation. Uh, we talked about what they said in defaming her or allegedly defaming her up above. Second cause of action against the chief marketing officer of Sephora. Um, again, in that email that was sent to employees, defamation can be sent to one or two. We saw a case against uh, Kesha where she had sent a text to Lady Gaga and was found to have defamed her former producer. So how many people it gets sent to is not necessarily the thing. So getting it sent to employees is not going to be a problem. The defamatory statements concerning her referenced her by name. Okay, fine. Uh, next cause of action, false light invasion of privacy. This is, again, another quirk of defamation saying that it has placed her in a false light, saying she's things that she's not. I think it'll be really interesting to see if we get to a place where in the defamation per se realm, calling people racist uh, starts to come into that defamation per se. Uh, it will be interesting to see how the law starts to address this as we keep moving forward. Like where is where is the line between defamation per se and name calling? There's a lot of case law with regard to calling people criminals, calling people frauds, things like that. But there's not as much case law with regard to other things. So we will see how how this continues to evolve in the, the realm of not just false light, but in the realm of defamation and defamation per se. Defendant's placement of ensing in a false light is highly offensive to a reasonable person. So them saying... um them saying that she was not a good fit for their brand was highly offensive and no reasonable person could tolerate being publicly accused of hate speech and racism. So we'll see if that I, uh, I will see they're going to ensing and her team are going to argue that these were thinly veiled ways of accusing her of such Sephora is going to say, we believed her tweets to say this. This is how they were interpreted by a large number of people based on the comments we received, and we invoked our moral clause, and that's it. Away we go. That So that's the false light. Uh, common law and statutory tortious interference with contractual relations. We've talked about this in other uh, conversations, and we've talked about this in other cases. This is... So, her alleging that Sephora's statements made other companies walk away from her as well, that Sephora should have known and that Sephora should have been aware. And so because Sephora should have been aware of her other contractual relationships, their statement is um, was necessarily going to interfere with future brand deals and what have you. So by publishing defamatory statements and placing her in a false light, they knew it would interfere with her business. We'll see. They're alleging they did so with malice. Uh, the elements of the crime are all being alleged under these causes of actions because you have to. And saying um, against all defendants for interference with prospective business relationships, this is not the ones that exist, but the future ones um, going forward. Ensing against all defendants for conspiracy to defame. This is where I'm getting that. Is is she alleging that the Doe defendants were other people in the room that crafted this statement? It was not just the chief marketing officer, but any PR and things like that where we had to craft this statement. Um, so that 
that is what this conspiracy to defame the people working together at Sephora all brought this together as well. Um, and then prayer for relief is just an amount to be determined at trial, injunctive relief prohibiting the defamatory statements. I mean, the shit's already out of the horse on that one. And that's the hard thing about def defamation. Um, with defamation, once it's out, it's out. And it's really hard to rail that back in. So, okay, you can have an injunction. I don't know how much good it's going to do. Uh, costs associated with this action, legal fees, and any other further relief signed by the attorneys. I just take issue with the fact that they signed it, attorneys for defendant. You're the plaintiff. I, I You can copy and paste your footer all day long, but just make sure you've got the party right at the end. Just, just the basics. Just, just make sure it says attorneys for plaintiff at the end because you are the one suing. You're suing them. You're not the attorneys for Sephora. You are suing. Ugh. And that... And that is the defamation suit filed by Amanda Insink against Sephora. I think that this is not a bright line case by any means. I think that there are some interesting arguments to be made. I think it will be interesting to see how this plays out because Sephora is going to defend itself saying these were our, this was our interpretation and opinion based on what she said. She's going to say, but you basically called me a racist online and that's defamatory. And we'll see how it plays out. I think this one's going to play out for a while. I really do. I think we're in it for the long haul on this. Could they settle behind the scenes? Absolutely could. I don't think she, I don't think she filed this to settle behind the scenes. I think she wants to play this out publicly. Um, Cause again, with lawsuits, there's always a PR component. So, we will see. Is this um, someone being discriminated against for conservative beliefs? Or is this a corporation saying we have the right to choose who we work with and that shit you said wasn't okay with us? Uh, we're going to see how it plays out. And there's a bunch of these cases coming. The Crowder case, um, they say it's going to be coming. The Dave, I think the Dave Ramsey case plays into this too. It's, again, I've said it 700 times, what you do in the the workplace, what you do outside of the workplace and how private life and brand deals kind of come together. But this isn't really private life because she's a, she's a social, social media figure. She's an influencer. So what you say online has uh, impact and has weight. And sometimes companies are going to say, yeah, but it's a no, it's a no for me. It's a no for me. And they're allowed to say that. So that is the NSYNC suit. Thank you for hanging out for another episode. I think we're still in a pandemic, so I'm still going to give the outro. Maybe maybe we just keep it now. Let me know on social media. Do we just keep the outro now? Tag me on Twitter and let me know. Do we just keep the outro forever? Is this a new thing? It's been with us for a year. Do we just keep it? Raise whatever you have in your hand and say it with me. May your Wi-Fi be strong. May your toilet paper be plentiful. May your family be well. And may the odds be ever in your favor. I will see you next week, friend. Cheers. Thanks for being a Law Nerd. Hey there, Law Nerd. Thanks for hanging with me for another episode. If you are looking for a way to show your Law Nerd pride, head on over to lawnerdshop.com for all of your amazing Law Nerd needs. That's where you're going to find your We Ride at Dawn merch, your Law Nerd Love merch, and even the very popular control F yourself merch. <laughs> it's all there for you at lawnerdshop.com. You see me wearing it on social. It's exactly the same stuff you get. My favorite right now is the all black facts hat. And we have new merch coming every month on the 15th. So be sure to keep an eye out on social media for the latest and greatest. See you at lawnerdshop.com. And don't forget to tag me in what you're wearing.